Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 172nd episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. This is Jonathan's 50th appearance on the podcast. For a complete list of his previous appearances, check the show notes. Jonathan graduated with a BA in History from Indiana University in 2006. He's an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He's lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation, hopefully, talk pretty one day. And now on to the show. Yeah, how are things back in America? It doesn't look good from what I see on the news. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been quite a time here. <laughs> so much going on. <laughs> and not in yeah. a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were talking about various uh, public events recently, um, briefly on Facebook there, the uh, Kanye West campaign, the uh, Trump re-elect campaign, and so on. <laughs> yeah, where do you want to start first? Um, I don't know, Kanye West, Kanye West might be the fastest. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot less to say there, so... Just to set this up for people who didn't spend an hour and 20 minutes listening to the, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was called a campaign rally, but I'm not sure if uh, that's the right term for it. It's not like any campaign rally I've ever seen. So an hour and 20 minutes of pure insanity um, by Kanye West without a microphone, which I, I would guess, I would have thought that somebody that was in the recording arts would would be mic'd up at least, but he wasn't. He just got out in front of a group of people and started yelling. He made everyone else so, be quiet while people were talking. So. Yeah, it's, it's probably to the credit of his career that he didn't have a mic at that moment. Oh, yeah. So, now, and I have to include myself in that list of people who did not watch the entire hour and 20 minutes. I've seen about two 45-second clips or so of it, and it was enough, I think. I, I think that's a, about as much attention as his campaign warrants for me in the 2020 cycle. Yeah, well, I mean, it's he's on the ballot in Oklahoma. He uh, was going to South Carolina to try to get enough signatures to be on the ballot there. I think he needs ten thousand. So, <laughs> I I don't know. You know what? Yeah, South Carolina had better not. I'm not worried about Oklahoma or whatever, but like South Carolina, the state that basically single-handedly, the African American voters of that state basically single-handedly gave us joe biden for president they better mm-hmm. not fuck it up and peel off some portion of their voters from for kanye west and fuck this whole thing up i swear to god <laughs> they better not do that yeah right i mean you guys are the ones you guys after after you know super tuesday and all that you guys are the ones that gave us the the the, the joe mentum right <laughs> he turned his ship around down there because one preacher you know gave a speech james do Clyde. not do not fuck it up and, you know, and take, you know, like that, that meme or whatever, the guy's walking down the street with his girlfriend, he's looking back at the other girl. <laughs> do not do that for Kanye West. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's what I can say. I know. It's just, it's just upsetting because I, people that went to this were treating it like a joke. I think sadly part of his message will resonate with certain people because he's talking about God and the Bible a lot and he's against abortion and i don't know like i i feel like somehow just the force of his celebrity will 
just peel off some people no matter what, which is just so upsetting because he's obviously having some sort of severe mental health issues. And it's a shame that no one around him has not tranquilized him for his own good. Uh, and uh, he needs help. He does not need to be anywhere near electoral politics. So, Yeah, well, he's hanging out with the Kardashians and, you know, in a clan that obsessed with the uh, celebrity and attention seeking behavior. I don't think he's going to find many people, you know, mm-hmm. willing to try to counsel them away from this kind of behavior. So, right. I don't know. It's, uh, we've, we've obviously gone back and forth on Kanye many times and stuff. And, you know, I like some of his old music. Okay. Didn't love gold digger. I think a lot of people thought that was the best song. Didn't love that myself, but mm-hmm. you know, I liked a lot of his other tracks and stuff, but you know, I've the past several years, I've pretty much tuned him out because I just can't deal with the behavior. So, and yeah. you know, I know other people say, well, yeah, his behavior's wacky and stuff, but his new music is amazing. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always a toss up when you have to separate the artist from the art and everything. And I, you know, I've come down on different sides on different, different people, different issues and so forth. Like, you know, Michael Jackson may or may not have done some pretty crazy, horrible stuff, Mm -hmm. but you know, he's got some good tunes back in the day and we didn't know back then. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, I don't know. R Kelly seems to be a deplorable human being, but like, you know, I don't know. We almost made the, you know, the freaking weekend, the the national anthem at one point. So, mm-hmm. and Chris Brown, like kiss, kiss. Okay. Tune. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's an amazing song. <laughs> not a guy, not a nice guy. No. Nope. Um, I don't know. I've, I mean, even like Billy Corgan lately, <laughs> you know, yeah. I grew up on those smashing pumpkins, not wild about the Trump support and whatever the hell the wrestling stuff he's trying to take off with are. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's a it's a complicated history of separating the artist from the art. But I know. for some reason, for me with Kanye, I've been able to do it and really not look back. Yeah, and it's been painful because he was. I was a huge fan of Kanye West. I thought his uh, 2009 or 10, whatever it was, album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I thought that was a stone cold classic. Like I was like, this is genius. Uh, but it's, it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's difficult to separate the art from the artist sometimes. And I just think sometimes you get to a point where it's like, I can't even enjoy the art, forget like trying to intellectualize it. It's just like, it, it, it bleeds over too much. And I've, well, I don't I, know. For me with Kanye, I think like too much of the art is self aggrandizing, which is yeah. what his, his primary problem is. If his art was like, you know, I don't know if he was doing a different kind of music, I could, I think I could separate a little bit more but because it's all you know me 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 all the time most of the time like that's that's the problem (laughs) you know so whatever Mm -hmm. so but anyways yeah yeah so he's he's doing his thing down in south carolina um the two clips i saw he was sobbing uncontrollably talking about something about his father and something about his daughter i don't know what he was saying so this was the part where he talked about abortion one of the many parts uh he was saying let me go to Planned Parenthood. Yes. The statement is, in the Bible it says, thou shalt not kill. I remember that my girlfriend called me screaming and crying. And I was just thinking, because at that time I was a rapper, I was out there, I had a girlfriend and everything, and I just thought to myself, 
I, I, I want to word this in a way that, hey, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to word it like what I just thought <laughs> So my girlfriend called me and I just thought to myself, please don't tell that gay Kim Kardashian name. That's gonna be the worst thing. Yeah. 
That and and if you want to if you want to root it back, I know way too much about Kanye West. So if anyone has any questions, I'm willing to answer them. Uh, I feel that his train left the tracks, as it were, uh, when his mother Donda died during a plastic surgery incident. Uh, this was right before his uh, 808s and Heartbreak album came out, and I believe that is kind of where he lost the plot. Uh, anyway, in that clip, he speaks about how his father wanted to have him aborted. And he had the same issue when I guess his child North was born. Uh, like he wanted he wanted to get rid of that, but I guess Kim said no, and now he's like really happy that they kept it. He later on goes to say that every new mother should get a million dollars. People seemed excited about that. How are you gonna pay yeah. for that, Kanye? Said no one. <laughs> yeah, every new mother should get a million dollars, but they won't. Yeah. Okay, so. We're somewhere in between, you know, pro-choice and giving every woman a million dollars. So, you know, that's that's our range of options, I guess. So, yeah, I don't know. The other clip I saw, he was saying that Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. She brought black people to be enslaved by different white people. When Harriet Tubman, well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. National Basketball Association is not owned by any blacks. Universal Music is not owned by any blacks. Any celebrity that you see talking is not the real power. Because the real power that I am putting my life on the life today to speak about, you don't see them. You don't see the real power. You don't know who's putting the internet in your school just to trap you. You don't know who's targeting you. Black woman in between the ages of 12 to 21 that follows this person in order to buy this product. You don't know who's the head of the boards. In risk or no risk of losing whatever deal possible, I am not on the board at Adidas. I am not on the board at Gap. And that has to change today. Or I walk away. Yeah, that was ignorant. I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure he's been hanging out with uh, Candace Owens and people like that. So I'm sure that's something they fed him. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough said. I don't know, man. I've I've been off the Kanye train for... A long time, I guess, but I don't know. Anyways, so there was that. We also had the uh, Donald Trump uh, interview with, I think, was it was it Chris Wallace on Fox News there? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the one journalist I believe they still have working at that <laughs> place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what about the young guy? You know, the gay guy? Who? The young gay guy. I don't know any young gay anchors on Fox. You'll have to, you'll have to enlighten me. No, no. He's he's like, uh, I don't know, he's youngish. I don't know. What's his name? It's like Chris or like... Uh, Chris? Mm. No. Hold on. People, like people in the audience, 
Smith, something Smith. Yeah, I don't know. He's on Fox News. Isn't he? Like I don't know. Shep- I don't know who you're talking about. Shep Smith. Shepard Smith is not there anymore. Oh. Okay. I didn't know he was gay either. He's gay. What? Yeah, for real. I believe he's Bob, going you're to. You're a reporter, Bob. You need to go investigate this stuff. I'm not that kind of reporter. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is, what, does that fall under like lifestyle or something? Or <laughs> what, what, <weekend? laughs> what is that? I don't know. I don't know how you. Shepard Smith. Shepard Smith is going to CNBC. He he left Fox like a year ago. Oh okay. Is he mm-hmm. still under the like the embargo where he can't uh, can't take on other work? No, I, I think I think he's probably out of that because I think they only have that run for like six months or a year. I'm not sure, but no, yeah, that's that's generous of them. Yeah. This is so, a oh, he is gay. Wow. No yeah, idea. For real, real talk. It's wow. I mean that's that's what he's about. It was a big thing, like he said, huh. like you know, whoever the you know Murdoch or whoever was like. Even though he was gay and it was he was open about it or something, he still was able to do his job and keep his job as like you know hmm. semi straight news reporters on the on the beat at Fox News. Apparently, he appeared in the movie Volcano, 1997. I did not know that <laughs> as himself. Um, Probably also the last year Fox News had any credibility. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. No, he's not there anymore. He's going to CNBC, but learning new stuff. Okay. In real time. Well, anyways, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Trump's uh, interview. On All right, Fox. so I, I saw the clip. Let's see. I saw the clip where he was like, uh, oh, it was the defunding the police thing. There has been a spike in violent crime in America in recent weeks. We've seen deaths up in New York, deaths up in Chicago, shootings. How do you explain it and what are you going to do about it? I explain it very simply by saying they're Democrat-run cities. They're liberally run. They're stupidly run. We have uh, forced them in Seattle to end the chop because, you know, we were going in that following day. You probably have heard it. We were getting ready to go in. We were all set. And when they heard that we were going, they set their police force. Liberal Democrats have been running cities in this country for decades. Poorly. Why is it so bad right now? Uh, they've run them poorly. It was always bad, but now it's gotten totally out of control. And it's really because they want to defund the police. And Biden wants to fund, defund no, he, the police. Sir, he does not. Look, he signed a charter with Bernie Sanders. I will get that one, just like I was right on the mortality rate. Did you read the charter that he agreed to? It says to nothing about defunding the oh, police. Oh, really? It says abolish. It says defund. Let's go. All right. Get, well, me, you, get me the charter, please. All right. Because you've got to start studying for these He interviews. says defund the police. He says, defund the police. They talk about abolishing the police. They talk about illegal aliens pouring. I look forward to seeing that. Meanwhile, the George Floyd murder has reignited the issue of racism in policing in this country. I want to give you a couple of statistics. Nationwide, blacks are twice as likely, fewer in absolute numbers, but in terms of per capita, blacks are twice as likely to be shot and killed by police as whites are. In Minneapolis, over the last five years, police use force against blacks at a rate seven times that against whites. Can you understand why blacks would be angry at that? Of course I do. I, of course I do. Many whites are killed also. You I have to say that. I mean, many, many whites are killed. I hate the sound. But this is going on for 
decades. This is going on for a long time, long before I got here. You know, if you look at what's gone on in Portland, those are anarchists, and we've taken a very tough stand. If we didn't take a stand in Portland, you know, we've arrested many of these leaders. If we didn't take that stand, right now you would have a problem like, you know, you, they were going to lose Portland. So let's see okay, what this says see. here. Prosecution, sanctuary cities, incentivize illegal alien, expand asylum, abolish immigration detention. No, I, that's not well, abolished. No, I, I, well, fine. Okay. This thing is many pages long. Fine. End prosecution of illegal border crosses. Support deathly, and these are the worst things. Sir, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you on any of those. I'm disagreeing about defund police. Incent the White House never sent us evidence that Bernie Biden platform calls for defunding or abolishing police because there is none. It calls for increased funding for police departments that meet certain standards. Biden has called for redirecting some police funding for related programs like mental health counseling. And uh, yeah, he tried to say that Joe Biden wants to defund the police, which, you know, rightly or wrongly, Joe Biden does not endorse right. in any way, shape or form, I don't believe. So, mm -hmm. and, you know, Chris, there were, there were like numerous instances where the, like this, where Chris Wallace seemed to have the facts. And he's like, he didn't say that, sir. You you can't say he said that. And like, no, no. He said that, hey, Kaylee McEnany or whoever, go, go, go get my notes. Bring me the facts that say yeah. that Joe Biden said that. And it's, uh, he starts going through a list. Uh, he wants to let the uh, illegals in. He wants to give them tax money. He wants to do this and this and this. And he's like, he may, I may agree with you on all those things, sir, but he did not say that, like, he wanted to, uh, you know, do this and that or whatever and stuff. And, and again, and, you know, Trump just keeps, like, expounding on different areas and going off in different directions. And, you know, it's just totally insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were, like, at least five or six laugh points. At least. <laughs> but um, so what What were some of the other highlights? I saw something about the cognitive test that he had to take. In the Fox poll, they asked people, who is more competent? Who's got, whose mind is sounder? Biden beats you in that. Well, I tell you what, uh, let's take a test. Let's take a test right now. Let's go down. Joe and I will take a test. Let him take the same test that I took. Incidentally, I took the test, too, when I heard that you passed it. Yeah, how did it's you not do the it? Well, it's not the hardest test. No, but the it last... It has a picture, and it says, what's that? And it's an elephant. No, no, no. You see, that's all misrepresentation. Well, that's what it was on the web. It's all misrepresentation. Because, yes, the first few questions are easy, but I'll bet you couldn't even answer the last five questions. I'll bet you couldn't. They get very hard, the last five well, questions. Well, one of them was count back from 100 by 7. And let me tell you. You couldn't answer. You couldn't answer. All right. What's the question? Many of the questions. I'd get you the test. I'd like to give it. But right. I guarantee you that Joe Biden could not answer those questions. OK. okay? You, and you I answered all 35 questions. Correct. Yeah. Apparently, Chris Wallace took the same test that Trump had recommended that everybody go and take online. He's like, you know, he's like, uh, well, you know, people said it was an easy test and that, you know, you shouldn't be so proud of having passed it or something. He's like, no, no, it was really hard. He's like, yeah, but it's like it's like an elephant and the elephant looks like an elephant. And that's not too hard. He's like, yeah, but that was just like the first couple of questions. He's like, by the time you get to the final five questions, I don't think many people could do it. Joe Biden couldn't do it. Did you do it? And he's like, yeah, I did the one you recommended online. It was pretty easy. He said, count backwards from 100 by sevens. And Trump was like, um, you know, there's no way Joe Biden could do it. He's like, and at this point, Chris Wallace is going like 93, 86, you know, he's like starting <laughs> to count down. It was wild. <laughs> and, um,
So, and, and from what I understand, I mean, you know, what other president have we ever even heard about this test? You know, right. <laughs> like we never heard about Barack Obama having to be given this test. Right. I mean, I assume if he was given the test, which I'm not even sure he would have been, he passed with flying colors and stuff. And I think it may just be a case where they're giving it to Trump just because they think he, they know he has dementia or something. And they're like, yeah, the fact know, that he's being asked to take it is part, not though. a great sign in the first place, which is, I think, the point maybe he's missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, the last five questions were really hard. I think a lot of people would have trouble with those. And um, what else did he talk about? Oh, Black Lives Matter. Like Chris Wallace brought up Black Lives Matter. And again, I don't have any notes tonight. I'm just going off of what I watched earlier today. And so and Chris mm-hmm. Wallace says, like, you know, African-Americans are twice as likely to be killed by police or shot by police, you know, um, mm-hmm. per capita. And Trump was like, yeah, but like a lot of white people get killed, too. More, in fact, he's like, yes, but I'm saying per capita. Do you understand, like, why African-Americans would be angry about this? And he's like, oh, I understand. I understand. You know, I, you know, I don't know what he did. He just goes off on a tangent. <laughs> you know, he throws out the the obfusc- obfuscation, you know, the regular Trump talking points. And he doesn't have anything after that. And, you know, there were a lot of there was a lot of follow up to some degree. But, you know, it's kind of like riding a Bronco. <laughs> You know, you're you're just trying to stay on for a while. So. (laughs) Oh, man. um, Chris Wallace kept noting that, you know, Trump would complain it was hot outside and hot enough for you here, Mr. President. It's hot. It's about, uh, well, sort of almost record breaking. You know, we wanted to do it inside. This was your choice. But I wanted you to sweat a little bit. (laughs) Well, we both are. Chris Wallace would say, sir, we wanted to do this interview inside the White House, but you insisted that we do it outside. And he's like, I know, but it's just so hot or something. It was like, just so weird. It just seems to me that you are very prone to be nice to the Democrats. And maybe I'm wrong about that, Chris, but it's an honor to be with you. It's fine. I love it. I love it that it's close to 100 degrees. (laughs) Your choice again. Yeah, I know. That's okay. (laughs) You know, he said, sir, I'm not saying that you're going to win or going to lose, but like if, if you... If you lose, if they announce that Joe Biden is the winner, will you step down? He's like, well, I don't know. You know, I would have to see. And, you know, I think with the absentee voting and stuff that, you know, there's a, it's very unfair. It's very a lot of people are saying, and you know, just all this stuff. And mm-hmm. In general, not talking about November. Are you a good loser? I'm not a good loser. I don't like to lose. I don't lose too often. I don't like to lose. But are you gracious? You don't know until you see. It depends. I think mail-in voting is, is going to rig the election. I really do. Uh, Are you suggesting that you might not accept the results of the election? I, I have to see. Look, Hillary Clinton asked me the same thing. No, I asked you the same no, no, thing in the debate. But, there is a tradition in this country. In fact, one of the prides of this country is the peaceful transition of power and that no matter how hard fought a campaign is, that at the end of the campaign, that the loser concedes to the winner, not saying that you're necessarily going to be the loser or the winner, but that the loser concedes to the winner and that the country comes together in part for the good of the country. Are you saying you're not prepared now to commit to that principle? What I'm saying is that I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Well, okay? Chris. And you know what? She's the one that never accepted I it. I agree. She never accepted her loss. And but she it, looks like can a you fool. Give a, can you give a direct answer? You will accept the election? I have to see. Look, you, I have to see. No, I'm not going to just say yes. I'm not going to say no. And I didn't last time either. Whether it's in 2021 or 2025, how will you regard your years as president of the United States? 
I think I was very unfairly treated. Uh, from before I even won, I was under investigation by a bunch of thieves, crooks. It was an illegal investigation. But what about the, Russia, good, Russia, what about Russia. the good parts there? No, no, I want to go this. I have done more than any president in history in the first three and a half years, and I've done it suffering through investigations where people have been, General Flynn, where people have been so unfairly treated. The Russia hoax, it was all a hoax. The Mueller scam, it was all a scam. It was all false. I made a bad decision on one bad decision, Jeff Sessions, and now I feel good because he lost overwhelmingly in the great state of Alabama. Here's the bottom line. I've been very unfairly treated, and I don't say that as paranoid. I've been very, everybody says it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but with tremendous evidence right now as to how unfairly treated I was. President Obama and Biden spied on my campaign. It's never happened in history. If it were the other way around, the people would be in jail for 50 years right now. That would be Comey, that would be Brennan, that would be all of this, the two lovers, Strzok and Page. They would be in jail now for many, many years. They would be in jail. It would have started two years ago and they'd be there for 50 years. The fact is they illegally spied on my campaign. Let's see what happens. Despite that, I did more than any president in history in the first three and a half years. Like, you know, he's he's totally hedging that he's, you know, going to lose. If he loses, he's going to contest it and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean... Yeah, he doesn't to, even think he is the the, the election. He, he doesn't even think the election he won is legitimate. So what does that tell you about when he's going to lose? You know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> it's, um, yeah. The only reason he didn't seriously contest it was because he happened to eke out in the electoral college. But um, yeah, <laughs> we're going to see a lot of whining and a lot of crying before it's all over, I think. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I've I've never in my entire life, you know, really countenanced the idea that there could be a military coup in America and that that would not be an entirely bad thing, <laughs> like not to be undemocratic or whatever, but like, really, mm -hmm. you know, all enemies, foreign and domestic. What is this guy doing? He's killed mm -hmm. 140,000 of us. Mm -hmm. Like, really? Like, we're going to give him another three months to fuck around and pretend he doesn't know what's going on and ignore the facts, ignore the science and play games with his brainwashed cult of idiots and stuff, many of whom we know too well. Um, yeah, sadly. Who, you know, want to fight the battle for the next six months about whether or not they can or can't wear masks in Lowe's parking lot or whatever. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, people are getting killed. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, uh, it's when you I, I saw a graphic at one point that talked about, you know, numbers and stuff and wars. And they talked about, you know, going back to the Civil War and everything, going back through World War One, going back through World War Two. And in, in, in some of these cases, like the absolute numbers were larger, but this was stretched out over several years. Within like five months or something in America, this pandemic is the, the killing rate of this virus is, um, you know, it's beyond anything, you know, mm -hmm. it's beyond anything that we've done. Now, again, I don't know what the death rate of the, uh, the 1918 pandemic or whatever was, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, we've think about Vietnam, 
you know, now some people say, was it 20 years? Was it more like 10 years? You know, it's, it's a little confusing when exactly we were involved and when exactly people started dying and so forth. But that was like 58,000 people, Americans Mm -hmm. over it, it, uh, roughly at least a decade. We've had more than double that in less than five months. Mm -hmm. I don't think that most Americans, including myself, can really even conceptualize like mm-hmm. what that's doing to us. You yeah. Know? You know, as a nation, mm-hmm. psychologically, you know, I don't know what's, uh, I don't know what the consequence of that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the consequence is a lot of people are dead, but you know, as a nation. Right. I, I mean, when you look at how this has gone down in America and stuff, and people are just like, I, I think on one level, I think the Trumpistas or whatever, I think part of the reality denying this is like just the fact that they can't handle or comprehend how incredibly wrong and irresponsible they were to ever vote for this guy. And so, yeah. you know, retreating into this fantasy land where everything's a conspiracy is easier than dealing with their own culpability. But um, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, – well, they've done studies that when people are presented with counter evidence to their claims, they don't change their mind usually. They just dig in deeper. I think yeah. that's probably what's going on here is it's just like it's the sunken cost fallacy. It's like I've spent this long defending this guy. I can't back out now. You know what I mean? I've already debased myself in front of everyone I ever knew. And it's like, how am I going to admit I was wrong? about this and it's like it's a it's yeah. a cult if there is such and a if, thing as a cult it's a cult and if they're wrong about this what does that say about every other issue that yeah, they've right. you know what does that say about the, the climate what does that uh-huh. say about um you know uh universal health care mm-hmm. what does that say about you know any number of issues um, if they if they admit that they're wrong on this, then they have to start thinking about they have to really look hard at all the other issues that they may be wrong about. Uh, newsflash, they're wrong about most of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, in like until 2016 or 2015, I don't think I'd ever even heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> but then suddenly you, you're reading like news pieces everywhere. What is the Dunning-Kruger effect? Did you know about the Dunning-Kruger effect? It's like everybody's talking about it all of a sudden. This is like the Dunning-Kruger presidency, <laughs> the Dunning-Kruger era in America. Right. Where, oh, my gosh. Know, the, the people who know the least are, uh, you know, wildly convinced that they're the most knowledgeable. Now we've got, you know, there's some police person or something in New York State or something who's sitting there with a QAnon mm-hmm. mug on his desk or something. There's, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Flynn, who should be back in jail out there pledging allegiance to QAnon. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the days of being able to ignore that kind of stuff is over. It's just like it's too far ingrained. There's people running for Congress right now on the Republican side, obviously, who believe in that, too. Yeah, it's it's mainstream as it can be now is this. The Republican Party is retreating into it's The Republican Party has achieved its final form now. <laughs> it's yeah. like they've been they've been uh, then teasing this this uh, for 40 years now. Uh you know, since Nixon's Southern strategy, and and we, it's finally come to fruition. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, I think I mean, 
I think like, you know, it's it's such a cliche to say that Donald Trump says the quiet part out loud. It's you know mm-hmm. such a cliche that I don't even like to repeat it. But I think the thing that's been funny and hilarious about it is not not funny, but like, is that the um the well, like for example, so many issues like the Washington Redskins and the Confederate flag and all these issues that have been they've had plausible deniability on the racial element for so long. But under the Trump administration and with the way things are going, they're just like, yep, yep, yep. NASCAR, we're going to get rid of that. Yeah. Military is going to get rid of that. You can't <laughs> you can't show it anymore. Yeah. We don't want to see it. It's not allowed. Yeah. We know what you're really about. We've always known. And now you guys can't even hide it anymore. And it's it's got to go. Mm-hmm. And. You know. As I think as as good as it is that people are starting to get rid of some of these symbols, which are traitorous symbols, you know, yes. I don't know. There's there's no way around that. They're traitorous. They represent racism in America. You can argue it was an economic question. And what was the economic question? It was largely about slavery in the economy. And yeah. you can argue it was about states' rights or any other thing, but you no. can also read the you know the articles of uh whatever the people the the secessionist states wrote when they seceded and they made very sure to put it in there that it was all about slavery so go go read the the, cornerstone speech if anyone has any questions about why the confederacy was created if if you want to know from their own mouths what the cornerstone of their revolution was they told it very loudly <laughs> so there's no uh, that was a uh, a thing they made up near the end of the war and reconstruction to try to soft pedal uh the states or whatever back in to polite society but it was about economic issues and blah 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 it's uh, don't buy it no it's ahistorical yeah yeah i thought i need to tell you that but <laughs> yeah and and it's uh you know, just so many things like, uh, um, I don't know, there, there, there's just like this, like, uh, you know, just we, we have to protect the history. You know, we want to study history. These motherfuckers don't know shit about history. Um, they, they don't understand context. They don't understand, uh, you know, the, 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 I don't, I, I hate it when I get flustered and stuff on this podcast. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, well, you know, Germany and Poland didn't, well, they didn't say Poland, they said Germany, Poland and these countries, they, they didn't tear down Auschwitz after World War II, they left them up as a symbol of their history. It's like, they didn't leave up statues of Hitler, and they certainly didn't put up statues of Hitler afterwards. No. Which is what, you know, the Confederate, the Daughters of Confederacy or whoever did, so. In the 1920s, like 70 years after the war ended, just to reinforce Jim Crow, yes. Yeah, and as as important as all this stuff is, it's frustrating that we're we're fighting about these symbol issues, these culture war symbol issues, right? Mm-hmm. And really, I think what people are asking for is police reform. You know, mm-hmm. people are, some people going further than that. They want defunded, you know, disbanded, whatever. But that's what they're fighting about. And people are like, oh, well, we're going to we're going to write Black Lives Matter on the street in Washington, D.C., or we're going to, you know, on Fifth Avenue right in front of Trump. Ah, that'll goose him. You know, yeah, those are the same it's people like, that get excited when Nancy Pelosi does a sarcastic clap. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's nice that, you know, these things are happening, but it's like 
in six months later, a year later, five years later, if this is all we've accomplished and, you know, black people are still getting killed disproportionately by the police, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> we're going to have to do it again, you know? It's like, yeah. I mean, this isn't what people are asking for. Mm-hmm. And it was like the other day, you know, I saw that they the Marines had finally uh, outlawed the Confederate flag without saying the word Confederacy, by the way. They they did that just to not anger Trump or whatever. But it's like, yeah, that's a victory. It's 2020 and this war ended in 1865. How are we just banning these symbols now? Like you who let this go on for this long? I mean, the failure of Reconstruction to completely snuff out the confederacy is one of our greatest failings as a nation we should have stomped that into the earth we should have never let them up again you know what i mean we let them mm-hmm. off so easy after the war yeah. and they we let their symbols rise and their ideology go forward and it should have just been snuffed out it should have just been done with like you lost sorry <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like in world war ii with the japanese it's like you want to make a conditional surrender? No, it's got to be an unconditional surrender. You got to totally, totally prostrate yourself, and then we'll talk about, you know, what your society is going to look like in the next fifty years, <laughs> and you know, it'll come out in some good ways. But yeah, we we we're not going to play this game where you get to claim some moral victory or you get to, you know, celebrate the thing the way you want to remember it or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. <sighs> whatever. But and so and I think that's another thing. I think like I I want Democrats in 2020 here during the campaign. I don't want to fight a million of these these uh, culture war fights because I think mm-hmm. that's something that re- Republicans love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's got to be about COVID. I mean, it, it that's the center of everything mm-hmm. right now. Um, it's just the, it's the, it's the mind numbing incompetence and stupidity and lack of care that this administration has brought to every single issue. And, you know, it's the thing that's killing Americans in huge Mm -hmm. numbers right now. Yeah. And yeah, that's, I think that's where Democrats win. Mm hmm. Definitely. Well, uh, did you listen to David Pakman, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I started listening sure. to him the other day. He's good. Uh, he was mentioning the other day on his show that he doesn't think that it's possible for it to be contained by the election at this point, even if they wanted to, because the cases are going to still keep coming, even if they locked everything down right now, and they apparently have no intention of doing that. So uh, yeah. that that ship has kind of sailed. So yeah, I, I do think that's probably the most winning issue uh, just because of how terribly... I mean, he, he can't just... It's the one thing he can't just fake news you know what i mean like the the virus does not care about that so (laughs) yeah yeah i mean this is as horrible as it's been and it's been horrible and um you know we'll have to talk you know off air or something but we Mm -hmm. we i think we both know somebody we a family member of somebody we used to know who has has died of this and stuff and we'll we'll talk about that off the air or whatever Mm -hmm. but like it's horrible. It's it's an absolute nightmare. I don't want to get it. I don't want anybody to know. I know to get it. Mm-hmm. But this is what it took. It took an issue that couldn't be, you know, um, this side says this and that side says that. that mm-hmm. there, there couldn't be any equivocation about who was right and who was wrong. 
it, it, it took an issue like this to, you know, finally wake up some small percentage of the Trump supporters who voted for him in the past and were ride or die Trump until this point. It took a freaking fire like this to burn through everybody's community mm-hmm. to disabuse some of them of their diehard die support. And, you know, there's still a lot of dead enders out there who this isn't even going to do it. So mm-hmm. um, I think at this point it's probably mostly from embarrassment. <laughs> if you. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. At this point, if you if I mean, they had. Just think about this. Back in January, back in February, the Senate impeaches. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mike Pence comes in. Mike Pence is a scumbag. But could he have done this bad of a job if he tried? <laughs> Unlikely. Yeah. You know, this is a uniquely bad job. <laughs> I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, you could pull any American off the street to be the president. Mm-hmm. And most of them are going to say, OK, what are my scientists saying? OK, well, let's do that then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is the, they found the one guy aside from maybe Kanye West who wants to be a contrarian about everything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been it's been hilarious watching him scream about we have to open the schools. The schools have to be opened back up. Our children oh, are losing education. And he's like. Look at look at Europe. Look at the Middle East. Look at everywhere else. They get to open their schools. Why don't we get to open our schools? Because, motherfucker, you didn't do what they did two to three to four months ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, why does Bobby get to eat some cake and I don't get to eat any cake? Because you didn't do your homework, motherfucker, and Bobby did. So three or four hours ago when he was doing his homework and you were, you know, whatever the hell you were doing. It's like, yeah, you, you don't do what you're supposed to do in the past. And so you don't get the nice things that the other people get in the future. And I see, you know, people who I've had respect for in the past sit there and play these games oh you know when you wear a mask it it locks in the carbon dioxide and it damages your brain and you know i printed out this thing i found on facebook that says i physically can't wear a mask so if i go there and they tell me i have to wear a mask i just show them this and then they're gonna like they have to let me in the store Mm. and infect everybody it's like guys there are places outside of america that wear masks where you know, people ask me sometimes, people ask me, how's Korea? Is everything still shut down? I'm like, what do you mean everything's still shut down? We never shut down over here. I haven't had I haven't had a day off work this year because of COVID-19. Mm. And we haven't had a case come walking into, this, into the Hagwon either. Mm. And a lot of places are like that. Like the movie industry has been hit. Restaurant, you know, restaurants are down a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I think the economy's not great. But Korean people understand it. They understand so far that's the cost of, you know, minimizing this thing. But Mm -hmm. if you go out on a Thursday or a Friday night to the nightclub area here, it's wall to wall people. Mm. They're not worried about it. They're not they're not sparking clusters in this stuff, though. And everybody's basically wearing a mask when they're not eating. When you're outside the house, you wear a mask. Mm -hmm. I feel naked if I'm outside without a mask these days. Yeah. Do I love teaching in a mask? Don't love it. Not mm-hmm. loving it. But, you know, if a doctor can do an eight-hour, you know, surgery in a mask, I think I can teach for four or five hours in one here or there. 
So I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre and hilarious and disappointing to watch all these people make all these just absolute shit faith arguments. Mm hmm. Well, once I, you know, I, I'll admit when I first, you know, well, it's only because we were told don't wear masks initially. I was like, well, I don't know. Is, is a mask really effective? I mean, they're not really, I don't get it. Or do they, do they, I was confused, you know, because they were telling people don't go buy the masks. We need them for the first responders, blah, blah, blah. The Babber ones don't work anyway. I was like, all right, fine. I mean, even the Surgeon General was saying that, uh, yeah. you know, and I was like, all right, well, well I mean. All right. That's that's part of Trump's thing. You know, uh, even, hey, Anthony Fauci got some things wrong. He said, don't wear a mask. Then he says, wear masks. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Nobody knows. Everybody's been right. Everybody's been wrong. You know, just kind of like this false equivocation stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it's this is kind of like how conspiracy theories start is, is what I'm convinced, though, too, is that when when an emergency situation happens, very often the first couple of reports that come out about it are vague unclear or wrong mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that there's a conspiracy and they're just putting their story together and the later ones are false what that means is that when something starts out a lot of people don't really know mm-hmm. and they're trying to give the best information they can and sometimes it's wrong mm-hmm. but you know you people can bitch and moan about oh the 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 secretary you know the whoever told me not to wear a mask at the beginning it's like yeah but we've got you know, six months of empirical evidence in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Wear the masks. Yeah, wear like as masks. soon as soon as I heard that the results were in, I was like, all right, I'll wear a mask, fine, whatever. Like I wasn't like, but my freedom. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's 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 bizarre and disappointing. Yeah. Well, I mean, part so, of it also is the American mentality. Like after 9/11, we were told that the best thing we could do is go out there and shop. You know, like it's like we don't have any uh, sense of collective, uh, you know, action for a greater good. It's just go about your lives, and that's how you defeat those who want to defeat you is to by living your life to the fullest. And it's like that's the complete opposite of how you deal with a pandemic. You know, it's it's it has nothing to do with going out to Walmart. You know, because the terrorists said you couldn't. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Well, and I, I think number two, I've, I've seen people make that argument and like, cause like there was somebody arguing on Twitter somewhere and they said like, well, you know, uh, South Korea is actually a much smaller country, so it makes sense that they don't have as many cases. And I'm like, no, they've got about 55 million people and America's got 320 or whatever. We're about six times larger than they are in a country. They're in the country, the size of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay, so their population density is absolute, and and like fifty percent of the country lives in Seoul and the surrounding area. <laughs> so the population density is absolutely insane. I mean, outside of like certain parts of New York or Los Angeles, I don't think that anywhere else in America would have the population density we have over here. So if you're looking for a pl- and, and they've got an aging population to some degree, and um, I don't know. It, and I was like, and they're like, yeah, but like, okay, but Koreans just like have a follow the, the, the thing, you know, follow the culture mentality in Americans. We have, you know, the rugged individualism mentality. I'm like, yeah, I mean, to some degree, and they were saying, and it goes all the way back to our founding fathers and fighting off the British. I'm like, I don't really know that it does. You know, during World War II, buy war bonds, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, contribute this or that to the war effort, you know. 
mm-hmm. you know, people are scrimping on food and stuff so that more food can be shipped overseas and so forth. Like, you know, during the 1950s or, you know, at any point in that time, I feel like in the 1950s that the government told people to generally do something. Most people are like, OK, the government says that's good enough for me. We're going to do mm-hmm. it until at some point in the 60s, you know, during some of the revolutions at that point when, you know, rightly or wrongly, some of that stuff got thrown off. But I, I don't buy this argument that American culture going back to 1776 has been this continual, you know, rugged individualist throwing off the yoke of the oppressor nonstop. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I mean, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I mean, there have been so many instances and places in American history where people have tended to trust and follow the government. And this is a time where I blame Hollywood, you know. To some degree, I blame Hollywood. <laughs> like we we went through the '90s with all these movies where the you know the 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 kooky conspiracy theory is so wacky and he's so crazy, but oh my God, he's right, you know. And he's the mm-hmm. he's the survivor, and everybody has to band around him because he was right all along, you know. Independence. We, we idolized this kind of person for so long, right? And it's it's like no, some of these people are just wackos. They're fucking stupid. They're fucking crazy, and they're fucking <laughs> dangerous, and they probably shouldn't be around children. So, it's like, <laughs> you know, so this kind of like the, the Independence Day guy, you know, Brent Spinner Jeff or whatever. Bolton. Yeah. Or whoever. Yeah. Like, I mean, like these kind of characters or whatever. It's we romanticize them or whatever. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, this is the this is the inevitable result of that. And mm-hmm. I don't think that America's always been like this. Mm-mm. No, so. I shudder to think what had happened during like world war two and you had to buy like victory bonds and have like a victory garden and give up your you know rubber or whatever you know like it's my freedom i can't be bothered like how can we package it like that again (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah that could be so effective so but and uh i saw a historian on twitter like counter somebody that was like what would george washington say our founding fathers and it's like well, George Washington inoculated his troops against smallpox against their will when he was the commander of the Continental Army, and so we've we've actually been through this and it helped win the war. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they try to, you know, I've even seen some people on the left wing try to say, you know, well, we don't know if Joe Biden would do any better than Trump. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we kind of do, you know. I mean, to the degree that under the Obama administration, there was the H1N1 outbreak as well as the Ebola outbreak. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's not a that's not a that's not a, you know, that's not a apples for apples comparison, but it's as close as you can hope to get. Mm-hmm. It's good enough. Right. And as I said before, almost anybody would have to do better than Trump has done. So, yeah. Exactly. So don't don't play these games. I'm you know, I get really tired sometimes of, you know, liberal liberals who want to make the false equivalency that, you know, a corporate Democrat is necessarily just as bad as the the most heinous and insane and frothing at the mouth Republican. Mm -hmm. It's it's a facile argument. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) I've been uh, lately I've been very frustrated also with uh, certain. Certain journalists that I've been reading for a long time, you've been reading for a long time, I imagine. I know I have as uh, uh, our boy from Russia. You know who I'm talking about? Glenn Greenwald. Oh, Matt Taibbi. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's made some really not great arguments lately, hasn't he? Yeah. 
<laughs> I thought this guy was a journalistic god back in like 2006 when he was like writing about the Bush administration and stuff. This guy, I mean, he was, you know, he was golden as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. I bought his book or whatever, The Insane Clown President or whatever. Mm-hmm. Never finished it because it was kind of disappointing because it was basically just a collection of a whole bunch of articles that he'd already written, kind of compiled together that I'd already read mm-hmm. most of. So it's kind of like I'm slogging through it chapter by chapter, like, yep, read this, read this, read this, mm-hmm. like the better one was on the website. But, <laughs> you know, but these days he's gone like all in on the, you know, Russia never did nothing to nobody. Stick. <laughs> Which is, you know, has yeah. Him, him and Gordon Greenwald have been a huge disappointment in the last few years. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with them. Yeah. yeah. And like, there was an interview. He had an interview. I don't know if it was like six months or a year ago with Jank Uger, the Young Turks, on uh, on his Rolling Stone uh, Useful Idiots podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's mostly pretty good or whatever. But when they get onto the Russia thing. He's like, come on, Jank, you don't really think that, you know, he's doing all this kind of like, I mean, he's basically living up to the useful idiot moniker that he's, you know, he's ironically, I assume, Christ in the show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just like, I don't know, you got to watch it. It's it's maddening. Hmm. He's, He's just sitting there like, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a certain brand of liberal, I think, unfortunately, that thinks that, you know. Everything America does is terrible, and when other countries do the same stuff, it's not quite as bad for some reason. Or, or that you know, America has like okay, like uh, the argument goes, well, okay, maybe Russia meddled in our election, but it's not a big deal. They didn't turn the election. Number and number two, like we've done it too before, so what's the big deal? It's like everybody does it to everybody. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's not acceptable. And when you do it to the number one superpower in the world, this is what you get. Yeah. You get Iranian generals being assassinated in Iraq with no thought of the war to come. You get, you know, haphazard negotiation and, and military brinkmanship with North Korea. You get a pandemic that can't be controlled because the man's an idiot. And he was brought into power by the Russians to some degree because he was an idiot. That's why they mm-hmm. wanted him. Yeah. So, and this is the, you know, these are the global consequences when you do this to it. You know, it's a sad story when it happens to a, you know, a banana republic somewhere or some, you know, some country that wants some more labor rights down in Central America. That's a sad story. It's a terrible thing. It's a tragedy. It's a human tragedy at the local level. It does not become a global thing like this. (laughs) So (laughs) any kind any kind of false equivalency there, you know, and frankly, if, uh, if we had, you know, if Guatemala or somebody had wanted to declare war on the United States for meddling or this or that or whatever the situation was, um, you know, I think that would be the right. I mean, it's like, I think, you know, people have a right to respond. It's it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, because we did it to them is not to say that it was right and they shouldn't be mad about it, but because we did it to some other places, maybe doesn't mean that we absolve all responsibility or right to re, re uh, respond when Russia does it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think we need, frankly, I think we need a president who can handle Vladimir Putin. We've had, you know, I don't know. We've had Bush who couldn't do it. 
Obama who tried and failed to do it. <laughs> mean Bush Donald who looked Trump in his eyes and good man. <laughs> yeah. I'll answer the question. I looked the man in the eye. I found it to be very straightforward and trustworthy. Uh, we had a very good dialogue. I was able to um, get a sense of his soul. He's a man deeply committed to his country and the best interests of his country. Uh, and I appreciated so very much the frank dialogue. There was no kind of diplomatic chit-chat trying to throw each other off balance. There was uh, a straightforward dialogue. And that's the beginning of a very constructive relationship. Um, I wouldn't have invited him to my ranch if I didn't trust him. It's a, it, you know, it's not popular to say on the left wing these days, but I think we need a hawk. We need a Russia hawk on the left wing. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's that's liberal sacrilege, but it's like. Oh no! I, I mean, in in retrospect, remember when uh, Obama made fun of Mitt Romney for focusing on Russia? Like Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that Al Qaeda is a threat. Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not Al-Qaeda. You said Russia. In the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because, you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. But, Governor, you know, when it comes to our foreign policy, you seem to want to import the foreign policies of the 1980s, just like the social policies of the 1950s, and the economic policies of the 1920s. That didn't age very well, did it? <laughs> no. Yeah. Mitt Ron- Mittens is... Uh, <laughs> Mittens? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he wasn't complaining about the, the 34% or 43% or whatever he was complaining about back in 47 Yeah. His star is rising. So, yeah, what else is what else is going on these days? Oh, gosh. Well... Virus election. I don't know. It's just it's just a, such a <laughs> it's a Zorro. Yeah. George oh, and Kelly oh. and Conway finally got their daughter off Twitter, it sound like. Yeah. I managed to follow her before she got locked down, but now I guess she's gone, so <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. That was a weird that was a weird situation. Like I I don't know. Whatever the hell those two are doing, like putting mm. their daughter through it. Is, is absolutely child abuse. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, why do they have to, like, I, I'm always like James Carville and his wife, and, like, why, why do people have to have, like, I'm all for, okay, like, you can have your political differences within families. I'm not saying, I, I personally I, would I, be, I, I wouldn't I, I be with somebody. Republican. No, 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 I'm not saying I could do it. I'm just saying if someone else, you know, if they feel that they, you know, <laughs> could do that, I, who am I to say? But it's like, why do you have to do this in public? It's like your wife is the, the mouthpiece. The track record isn't great, Bob. No, <laughs> The track record isn't – even the people who think they could do it. Ugh, it doesn't have a winning record here, I don't think. But it's like I, I I disrespect her so much, Kellyanne, and I respect George Conway's views. But like the same time, every time he talks and I'm like, you tell your wife. Why are you telling me? Like like <laughs> go home and tell your wife or something like like, you know, you're a great Trump critic. I appreciate what we're doing with Project Lincoln or whatever. But like uh, have this fight at home out of public view. I don't need to know <laughs> any of this. Uh, I, I can understand it, though, because like. To some degree, I can understand it in that, you know, we we can talk politics and stuff, and I'll talk politics with somebody that I don't really give a shit about who is, you know, who I disagree with. But in the family, at the end of the day, you know, theoretically, these are the people who are supposed to, I don't know. I don't know what they're supposed to. They're supposed to, you know, sort of always be there or something. I, I don't know how you come back from something like this, but it's like, I can understand, you, you know. 
you can talk politics with people all day. With the people closest to you, you may want to keep your cards a little bit closer to your vest. But, mm. but to be playing out this psycho melodrama with your wife publicly with your, you know, your daughter who's like social media savvy or whatever and mm-hmm. stuff. And she's stuck in the middle of this crazy shit. And she has an opinion too, as is her right. Yeah. And I, I can understand it, you know, like, yeah, she's trying to make a profile for herself. She's 15 years old. There's a lot of people out there with maybe not the best intentions or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I understand it, but it's like you, you, you guys put her in this situation. Yeah. Well, in three years, when you're a legal adult, Claudia, come on the Rob Burgess show and tell us what happened behind closed doors. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll respect your family's privacy while you're still a juvenile. But once, once you're a legal adult, you'd better be coming on there and tell us what's up. <laughs> Jeez, Bob, I don't know. That's a borderline statement. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in any kind of creepy way, but you know. She... Girl, when you turn 18. All right, mm, fine. Edit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he like had something where it's like, don't contact my daughter. And it's like, OK, I respect that. You know, I, I, you should journalists probably shouldn't be reaching out at this point. She's a minor or whatever. I'll, I'll respect your family's privacy. But for now, <laughs> I, I do think it's in the American people's. Um, I don't know. Right to know what the fuck is going on inside that family, though. As I mean, far you're as making like, us all know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Your mom is the mouthpiece for for this guy, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Are they still together or did they divorce now? I believe they're still together as far as I know. I mean, I think maybe I don't know what the inner workings of their marriage is, but as far as I know, they're still together. So, Yeah, I'll, I'll be fascinated to see how that lands at the end. Yeah, my money is actually on her being anonymous. You know, the New York Times writer that then yeah wrote that book not enough. Yeah, not enough. No. <laughs> Unforgiven. No, um, I know. No, absolutely. But, yeah, <laughs> your revolution is over, Conway. No kidding. Uh, oh, there's the un, un, uh, unmarked secret police in Portland, Oregon, dragging people off the street, <laughs> taking them yeah. to nowhere. So that's fun. But... Yeah. There was a couple of days where it was like not even really clear that they were government agents or if they yeah. were, you know, militiamen. Or something. What's stopping someone from going out and just buying some gear to look like them and then just yanking people off the street? I mean, if they don't tell you who they are. How do you even know they're legit? You know, and not just yeah. for like accountability I mean, reasons. They, but they like, have to read you your Miranda rights, like no matter who they are, right? Am I wrong? Am I? I am I think taking that's crazy still in effect. Here? I don't. I don't think that's unless they could declare you like a terrorist or something. I don't know, but yeah. No. Well, I'm right sure. I'm sure Trump. Trump has already declared like Antifa and Black Lives Matter and everybody terrorists or whatever. Um, I'm sure that's all been done, but yeah, and uh, all of the people are like, "You don't like this country, you leave," and it's like you literally can't leave this country. Like your passport is worthless now. Like you can't go to the EU. You can go to Mexico, maybe, and like three other countries, but like that's it. You're you're not welcome anywhere you would want to be. <laughs> yeah, in, if, if, in, right now, if I go back to America, I can't come back to my job in any kind of a reasonable, no, timely sure. fashion. So. Yeah, you have to quarantine yeah. for <laughs> who knows how long, but yeah. Well, anyways, yeah, it's a it's a dark dark time. I think like I mean, 
this is like more than any other time in my life. This is the time where I wish I had a, a time machine. I could just take the headlines and stuff from today, <laughs> go back to 2015, 2016 and show people like 140,000 Americans dead. You know, Trump says no mask during the pandemic. <laughs> it's like people be like, come on, this can't be real. I'm like, no, this is what happens if you vote for Trump. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, you know, things that were unimaginable and yet predictable. I mean, we knew that Donald Trump was going to face a serious challenge. I thought it was going to be more of a war kind of international relations thing. Mm-hmm. And he's been lucky on that front. But this is it. And this is he got this. This is what he got. And um, and it really makes you think about like stuff that we could have shrugged off. If 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 Americans are just like so, uh, st- I don't know what the word for it is. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, incapable of grappling with this amount of death. It's like, why do we freak out over nine eleven? Because it was dramatic. It happened all at once. That was small potatoes. Yeah, but there was fire and explosions and you could, you know what I mean? It was very, all this stuff is taking place out of the view of cameras. I think that's part of the problem. There's no, you know, the Vietnam War, they say, the public sentiment turned when you saw the caskets coming back, the news cameras showing that, you know, Walter Cronkite and all that. We, We don't have that. You know, this is all happening behind closed doors. The refrigerated trucks parking behind the hospitals mm-hmm. are not being shown, you know, the way that they are now. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, we, we may be a stronger country than we ever realized before, but part of it is because we're so stupid. <laughs> it's like, we don't even really know what's happening to us. And so we're kind of unfazed by something that is actually catastrophic, potentially society ending. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're just kind of stumbling through it. Like, I don't want to wear a mask. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, anyways, I, I, I got to start thinking about hitting the hay over here. I got to work tomorrow morning and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. America is not all good right now. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. hundred days till the election. So, or thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many more people Trump can kill in the next Three and three and a change months here. Yeah, well, five and change when we think about the uh, actual inauguration. Oh, I know, and that's the thing too. He has that window. It's not going to be out on the day after the election. He's got November. He's got December. He's got January. You know, it's like what can happen in that time? It's it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, it's it's getting there. <laughs> Good talk, Chef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Monday motivation for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we uh, we we kind of went to a very dark place there. I think, but okay. it's a very know, dark that's time. <laughs> that's it's an incredibly dark time. I think, like, I don't know. I hope five five years we can look back at this time and, well, um, I don't know what the proper reaction would even be. Not laugh, but <laughs> I don't think we're ever really gonna. I yeah. don't know. I think it's going to be confusing because I think some of the crazy shit that Trump Trumpistas are saying on TV and stuff will be funny. But when you put that side by side with the death toll, it's, you know, you can't laugh, really. 
I know. And it's like they have to like every single person has to be affected by this on their side for them to realize it's like, do you ever see those like progressions of like people who are like, this is all hoax. And then like two days later on Facebook, it's like, got that COVID. I feel sick. And then it's like two days later, it's like obituary. <laughs> and it's like, this is going to yeah. have to happen to like every one of you to like figure this out. Like personally, wasn't like, there somebody down in like Georgia or somewhere, Florida or something who was like mm-hmm. saying something about the masks and then like, the next day is like, oh, my 15-year-old son got it, and then, oh, I'm deleting my Twitter or whatever. Yeah. No, there's been several cases I've seen of that very thing, so it's pretty depressing. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, any, any any good note we can end on, Bob? I feel like we should give people a little... Music? You've been listening to music, Cha? No. <laughs> no music during the start <laughs> too dark the only the only music i listen to is slipknot slipknot and my heartbeat and the screams <laughs> of my enemies <laughs> no that's a uh, trevor wallace he's a pretty funny comedian on facebook oh. and stuff he's he's got this this bang energy commercial energy drink commercial it's pretty funny but <laughs> he's like i don't know he, he's pretty great that, that that's a line from him uh what music have i been listening to i have been listening to music i guess um mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I okay. I bought oh one good. I don't know, good news or bad news. I bought a electric unicycle recently, secondhand from somebody. Yeah, yeah. How base. do we not talk about that? Yeah, how's it going with that? Oh man, I had a horrible wipeout two weeks ago, Ooh. and I've, I'm I'm torn up and shit. Yeah. Like I've, I'm missing skin on my right elbow, my left knee, <laughs> my shoulder got bumped up, my right hip got screwed up. Apparently. See, the thing is, I'm trying to teach my, I'm trying to learn how to ride the thing by myself, okay? <laughs> like, I don't got anybody out here else who does it who, to teach me and shit. And this thing is not easy. This mm-hmm. thing's not quite like riding a bicycle. Mm-hmm. So I had ridden two subway stops up the street to eat at Outback Steakhouse like three weeks ago. And so then two weeks ago, I was going to do the same thing. And I was going, I'm getting more confident and stuff. This time I didn't wear my protective gear because, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I haven't fallen off the thing. When I do fall off, it's kind of like I land on my feet. I just kind of jump off and it, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But so I was going up the street and I was on, I was, I had just gone down to cross the street and I'd come back up and I was on the pavement uh, on the sidewalk again. I was this long straight stretch ahead of me. So I started leaning forward to get up speed and stuff. And I, I hit the max speed. And the thing is with these things, when you hit the max speed, they're going max speed to stay under you. They want to keep you balanced and stuff. So mm-hmm. when you hit the max speed and you're leaning forward, they can't stay underneath you anymore. So they catapult your ass forward. Mm. So I hit the ground and rolled and slid and rolled and slid some more. Mm. Yeah. So I'm giving that thing a damn break. <laughs> wow. I actually saw one of those a couple of years ago. I was at the University of Champaign, Illinois uh, for Ebert Fest, and I, I was just walking across the campus to get to the next screening, and this guy passed me on one of those, and I like, oh, like, what? Did you just come out of like a time portal like from the future? Like, where did you get that thing? <laughs> I know. People ask me, like, Cha, why didn't you buy like a two-wheel one, or why didn't you buy one with the handlebars, or why didn't you buy one where you're, you know, you, you kind of stand on it sideways, just go forward like a kick scooter. I'm like, because mm-hmm. it's not fucking cool. This one is like sci-fi level shit, you know? It's like, it really is. Yeah. you're just zipping around, you lean your feet forward, you go forward, you lean your feet back, you stop, and then you go back. It, this is like, it's very intuitive. It's like it's part of your body when you get good at it. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it's a very steep learning curve, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. So...
But well, you're gonna you're gonna to have to get your GoPro out and uh, re redo your uh, YouTube uh, channel once you get this uh, healed up. And I know back I, that that was one of the biggest knocks against my old YouTube channel was that a GoPro was about five times more exciting than my life at the time. <laughs> so, um, but with this thing, I don't know. We're we're approaching parody, I think. So yeah, but absolutely. um. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out again. Have to find the GoPro. Have to charge the GoPro. Have to probably buy new new memory sticks for the GoPro. <laughs> have to figure out how to upload, download, video edit, which is not my forte, at least on the software I was trying to use a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. But it would probably be a lot cooler with this thing. This thing is yeah, is pretty cool in a way. Yeah, maybe you get on TikTok. No, no, I'm not fucking with that Chinese shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I hear if you use TikTok, sometimes you get COVID. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, but like, no, I, I don't trust the Chinese government right now. I was, I think, I think I was sort of recently, sort of low key targeted by a some sort of a sellout of Hong Kong or something that was like, there's on this dating app on a couple of dating apps, I started getting a lot of matches all of a sudden, which hadn't been happening so much until then. So and, it has to be a Chinese conspiracy. <laughs> well, no, like when I'd get them off the app and stuff and get them onto other apps to, to contact them and, you know, talk about whatever <laughs> suddenly they're like, Oh, I'm not actually in Korea, even though the mm-hmm. location distance said they were in Korea. And then, Oh, Oh, I'm in Singapore. Oh, Oh, I just looked up your, your cell phone number. You gave me, you're in Hong Kong. Why are you telling me you're in Singapore? Oh, well, yeah, I'm Chinese. I'm in Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Oh, now there's six or seven different people of you. They're all from Hong Kong. What the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> you know? No. I No. Block, block, report, report, etc. <sighs> so, <laughs> Bob, long story short, it's not easy being in the CIA, okay? That's all yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> apparently. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyways, anyways, I guess oh. that's that's our note of hope, I suppose, if if my blistering healing wounds on my appendages <laughs> and limbs here are good news. I don't know. <laughs> that reminds me of a, a movie that Ash and I just watched the other night. Uh, it was a Richard Linklater movie from last year I hadn't heard of before called Where, Where Did Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Um, it's really good. Anyway, there's a plot point in there where this woman has like a personal, a virtual personal assistant uh, who's supposed to be like somebody in India that like does all her scheduling and and her uh, her, her whatever. Um, anyway, she's talking to it with her voice to text thing and sending it emails and asking it to like order uh, stuff for her. Anyway, at the end of the movie, it turns out, spoiler alert, it's actually Russian uh, mafia people that are trying to steal her identity. And they have all her personal information from being her personal assistant. And uh, anyway, but but the but the part that reminded me of it is is like for like the couple months of the plot of this movie, they have to actually be her personal assistant as they're stealing all of her information. So they are like ordering her like fishing vests and like all this other stuff while they like gather her information. It's like that's the drudge, drudgery of like identity theft. They don't tell you about is the part where you have to actually be the personal assistant for somebody while they're hoovering up all your data. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard about that. Is it good wait, one? Isn't Richard Linkletter? Wasn't he the guy who was fucking with Alex Jones back in the day? Or is that hold on? Uh, Alex Jones was in two of his movies, Scanner Darkly and Waking Life, both of which were rotoscoped uh, movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
not not loving it. Not a good look in retrospect. I don't know if he still is associated with him or what their relationship was, but I know they're both from Austin or they're based in Austin, Texas. So maybe mm-hmm. that's something to do with it. But yeah, Scanner Darkly was a brilliant movie based on a brilliant book that I read back in college too, and mm-hmm. that was okay, yeah, Dick. I loved it. But yeah, you know. Those guys, Joe Rogan, all these people, man, they, you know, they did not platform a worthy person, I think we could say. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm sort of souring on that whole intellectual dark web cadre of, of people, personally. Sam Harris is getting the latest one to be getting on my nerves. Um, with this, yeah, this, Sam this, Harris has been, he's been bugging the shit out of me for like over a year. Yeah, like, he had a I mean, ridiculous podcast. The only people he wants to talk to now are George people who Floyd are going to like, yeah, yeah, who are going to like. He's he always turns the conversation. Okay, like when I first listened to his, the first episode of his podcast I listened to was about the Heaven's Gate death cult that killed themselves while I was on vacation in Costa Rica back in middle mm-hmm. school, and I happened to like read a, a shockingly scary article about them on the way back to America or something, which was like. You know, they've got all these pictures of bodies with freaking mm-hmm. purple Nikes and shit next to them. It's fucking creepy. OK. Mm-hmm. And listening to his podcast about them was uh, horrifying and mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. And now the guy's like, don't you think cancel culture has gone too far? I mean, don't <laughs> you think like the liberals are just as bad as Donald Trump these days? And gosh, you know, when they even come after a nice liberal like me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's like it's. Dude, I know. Get, get out of your own ass at a certain point. I know. Like, 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 have some people that would genuinely, good faith, disagree with you on your show. Like, yeah. For like, don't just have ridiculous people that you can easily flip on their heads. You know, like, I, get it, get a heavyweight in there and see if you can go a few rounds with them. Because I haven't seen it. You know, I haven't seen your ide- ideas, t- ideas tested in the marketplace or whatever like that. Anyways, Bob, I got to get to bed here and stuff, so. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose yeah. I should work. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I, well, we're, I guess this, we're doing the real work here, Chad. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the nine to five, I guess, but yeah, something else. All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's do this again soon. We're getting getting up towards the uh, the election. I imagine we'll have some. Uh, I'm at, Well, I have no idea if we're going to have debates or not. <laughs> I think they're gonna they're gonna do something. I mean, uh, honestly, I think you know as much as I love watching debates, I almost think Biden might be better just skipping the debates. Like I feel like yeah. the letting yeah. Trump speak without any opposition strategy is actually working quite well. So yeah. like I just say I let think, him go. You know, like even if it looks, I think bad, I, don't, I don't think if Biden back. comes out of the hole and sees his shadow, we're gonna have six more weeks of Trump. <laughs> so <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think you're better off just to not do that maybe but yeah, yeah. theoretically if we ever have debates again <laughs> we, yeah you know that would be something we that would be within our wheelhouse so yeah well i finally cleared the backlog of the uh <laughs> the primary ones so. bob I, I heard some of those i was like damn this is like four months ago or something it's like no, but it was we were gonna get this out before the back. primary <laughs> Where's the audio drops, Bob? I know, right? <laughs> no, Getting I mean it's, the, it's uh, good. Demotion. They're still like two hours long already without them, so it's still. Yeah, I cool, can't imagine but... how long those would have been with any extras. <laughs> no, I no, I know how hard it is. I remember when I was, you know, uploading my 17 videos to YouTube or whatever, the the painstaking 
hours of agonizing oh. editing that went into each one and it just at how at a certain point it just was not worth it anymore. I'm like, why don't I just talk into a camera and Facebook live it? <laughs> you know, yeah, you we'll, know. Do it, we'll do it live as Bill O'Reilly. It, we'll do it live. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, you're going to get me to listen to that uh, whole Fox News interview now for this one. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Bob, get ready some audio drops because there's, some, there's oh, yeah. some beauties in there. Well, I'm sure. Real beauts. Yeah. So. All right. Well, yeah, I better let you go, Bob. Back cool. to your work day and back to my sleepy time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's do it again soon, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All, All right, right. Later on. Have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs> Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. 
Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.